Can I say it yet? Can I say the Sacramento Kings are a good basketball team? I'm asking your permission. I feel like I can. The Kings battle back after an 0-4 start. They're now 6-6 on the season. That's 500, ladies and gentlemen. And they do so by defeating the defending champion, Golden State Warriors. Let's talk about it. DeMontis Sabonis' big night, a massive fourth quarter capped off by a clutch De'Aaron Fox block of Steph Curry. It's all right here on Locked on Kings. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. Hello and welcome into Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season today, presented by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I'm a Sacramento sports reporter and producer from ABC 10. So glad to be out of my sick bed and back here in the real world, in, inside the Golden One Center, to witness a great battle between the Kings and the Warriors. A very similar battle in a lot of ways to the the first two times that the Kings and Warriors played, and you don't have to go back too far to remember those games. This is the third time the Kings and Warriors have played in the first 12 games of the season. Now the Kings and Warriors won't play again until April, if I'm not mistaken. So these two teams, they've seen a little bit uh, or about enough of each other, but I will say this. Based off of how these three games have gone so far, I know the first one was ugly in terms of how many points the Kings gave up, but they did manage to make it interesting at the end. Kings and Warriors would be one hell of a playoff series. Am I wrong? Tell me I'm wrong. Now, I would expect the Warriors, of course, to win that series. We're talking about the opening round of the playoffs, more than likely. I say it goes to six games. That might be being a little generous towards the Sacramento Kings. But hey, Kings-Warriors, let's make it happen for an actual playoff series. Remember, the Kings and Warriors have never been good at the same time. So they've never been in the playoffs at the same time, let alone in the playoff series together. Let's make that happen this year. Although, not just the Kings... But the Golden State Warriors are going to have to put in a lot of work to get there. They're really struggling to start this season. But we're still a long way away from the playoffs. Let's talk about what happened tonight. The Sacramento Kings defeating the Warriors 122-115. to They're 6-6 six six on the season. That's 500. So good for the Kings to get back to that. Now, it's sad that we're celebrating this much, to be honest with you. The Kings getting to average, because that's what 500 is. It's average. But the idea that the Kings can get here and can get beyond here is not so far-fetched as maybe it felt during the 0-4 start or as it's felt in seasons past. Like this team feels like being a 500 team when 82 games are all said and done, being a slightly above 500 team when all 82 games are said and done, that doesn't seem like a far-fetched possibility. So if you're above 500 or at 500 in NBA standards, that's average to slightly above average. In my mind, from a Sacramento Kings perspective, especially considering the Kings have not won more than 39 games in the last 16 seasons, that's good. Now, the Kings still have to do that. they got a long way to go before they get there, so it still might be way too early for you to feel comfortable saying the Sacramento Kings are good. But from what I've seen, the Kings are, one, capable of coming back from double-digit deficits like They've done it time and time and time again this season, and they haven't made it look necessarily easy, but they've done so quickly. Meaning, unlike teams in the past, 
A double-digit deficit, a 10, 11, 12, 13-point deficit for the Sacramento Kings is not nearly the end of the world for this team, like it has been in the past. Sometimes the Kings would go down by like 15 points. They trailed by 15 to the Golden State Warriors in this first quarter. Seasons passed, forget it. Call the game at that point. The Kings were not coming back from that. Tonight, they were able to do it. They've done so multiple times against multiple different teams over the course of the season. That's a very Golden State Warriors trait. You know how well the Warriors during this dynasty run have been able to close gaps close leads. Now they can do it in the span of a handful of possessions with how quickly they hit threes. Kings don't necessarily do it that fast yet, but Sacramento has been able and Mike Brown has brought this trait from the Golden State Warriors now to Sacramento to where the Kings, if they fall behind by double digits, if things are ugly early on, Sacramento is able to bounce back and overall figure it out. And it is a very welcome sight to say the absolute least. Let's talk about this fourth quarter. Let's talk about it because there was great and there was horrendous during this fourth quarter. Kings got off to a decent start in the fourth quarter, built up a nine-point lead, which was their largest of the night. Warriors called a timeout. Steph Curry came into the game. We're back into the game at that point. Again, this is very early on in the fourth quarter, maybe like the eight or nine-minute mark, something like that. I don't care who your opponent is. I don't care if it's Steph Curry and the defending champion Golden State Warriors. If you are going to be a good team in the NBA, Nine points, nine point lead in the fourth quarter in your own building, even though there are thousands of Warriors fans here, you got to win that game. You got to find a way to win that game. And I stand by that absolutely 100% no matter what. Now, to be fair, the Kings kind of made a mess of it really quickly. Steph Curry came back into the game right away, got a wide open three right here in this spot right next to me here. Wide open three. He ran all the way around the court, around a couple of screens. That got him the separation that he needed, but it wasn't just separation. There was nobody in his area code when he got that shot off. That can't happen. You know Steph Curry is coming back into the game to close the game out, especially when you saw Steph Curry single-handedly drag the Warriors to a win in Golden State less than a week ago against the Sacramento Kings. You know they're going to Curry as soon as he gets back into the game. How he gets wide open there, it's inexcusable, even if it's a designed play, again, by the defending champions. After that play, Kings rattled off four or five turnovers in like eight to nine possessions. Like Sacramento completely fell apart. Now they were trying to get up and down. The tempo of this game was nuts. Like if you blinked, you missed a ton in this game. Up and down, fast tempo, a lot of fun to watch, a lot of fun to follow, very entertaining for all of us here inside the Golden One Center. I'm sure it was very entertaining for those of you who watched at home. But even if the tempo is that fast, it's not, there's no excuse for Sacramento and how quickly they turned the ball over and allowed the Golden State Warriors to come back in. I mean, I didn't expect a nine-point lead to be insurmountable by the Warriors for any means, especially with so much time left. But they got it to where they led within a minute or two, maybe two to three minutes. Like, they turn it around really quickly. And I would say, hey, it's the Golden State Warriors. This is what they do to you. They pick up the pressure. And I expected another big punch or big push from the Golden State Warriors. But in reality, I don't think it's fair to say that. I think it's undermining how bad the Sacramento Kings were. I think it's brushing them under the rug a little bit. The Kings were shooting themselves in the foot with bad passes and bad decisions over and over and over again. Offensive fouls that, sure, maybe you can blame the refs if you want to in that situation. At that point, I was just looking at the Kings, and they looked discombobulated. They completely fell apart. That is until about the four-minute, I have it written down exactly here, the four-minute and 19-second mark, when in this corner, right here in front of me, again, I'm standing on the court, this corner right here in front of me, De'Aaron Fox blocked a Steph Curry catch-and-shoot corner three. Shot was blocked. Warriors call a timeout. 
Kings are down 111 to 110 at that point. I wrote it down because I was like, if the Kings find a way to come back and close this game, and it wasn't a bad, big comeback, they're down by one point. If the Kings find a way to close this game out, I want to remember this play because I think this play is going to be where the momentum changed. Now, I'm not giving all the credit to De'Aaron Fox. It's not necessarily a De'Aaron Fox is the hero moment necessarily. It's the Kings got a big block. They played some great defense on Steph Curry. They got a big stop. Now, it's still Warriors ball. Warriors are drawing up a timeout. So Mike Brown has a second to calm his guys down and talk to his guys a little bit. From that point on, the Sacramento Kings outscored the Warriors 12-4 to in the final four minutes and 19 seconds to close out this game and get the win. That, to me, is right where the, the, the game changed. That's where the Kings regrouped, and coming out of that timeout, they were able to get a stop on the Golden State Warriors, and they scored and got the momentum back in their favor. It's awesome that it was De'Aaron Fox to make that big defensive play. It's not the first time that he's done that this season, right? But it's not just a De'Aaron Fox thing. I think it's a Kings team thing. In fact, both Mike Brown and DeMontis Sabonis talked about that block and that moment, how it changed for the Kings and what was discussed during the timeout after the game. Well, we got the block to, to call a timeout for a play. You know, um, it was a big position for them to make a bucket. Um, they, uh, we almost stole it. They took the ball out again. I think they missed right after. You know, we got the rebound and, you know, that um, they had three they had three chances late, late game to score. You know, we, we got stops on all three, you know, and that kind of deflates the team. You know, we went around the other way, got a bucket and fans, fans just got the whole arena going. Mike, Domas brought up in the final like four or so minutes, De'Aaron Fox's block in the corner on Steph Curry. There was a timeout right after that. Kind of a two-part question. First is, how important was that moment for the momentum shift? And two, what was the message during that timeout that led to that closing? You know, find bodies. Find bodies and keep giving multiple efforts because that team is going to run you and space you and share the ball. And if you stop on a play, they're going to find the right guy and they're going to hit a dagger through and uh, Foxy did it. He challenged a shot, huge block. During the timeout, everybody kept encouraging one another to continue to fight defensively. But just as importantly, off, on the offense end of the floor, we needed to make sure that we got a good shot every time. We got a little carried away, throwing the ball around a little bit. Uh, but Foxy settled us down and got us some great, great looks down the stretch. Now, of course, there were elements of star De'Aaron Fox in this fourth quarter. Half of his points, 11 of 22 points were scored in the fourth quarter. So in some ways, scoring-wise, he put the team on his back, hit some big buckets there down the stretch over those final four minutes uh, and some change. He was five of six from the field in the fourth quarter, so super efficient. That's what you'd like to see from your star. He didn't have to carry the Kings dramatically. He didn't have to score 38, 39 points like Steph Curry had to do in order to get the Warriors uh, their win last time these two teams played. But De'Aaron stepped up in big moments when it mattered, not just on the offensive end of the floor, but with that big block in the corner. But tonight, tonight belonged to DeMontis Sabonis. He was so good in this game. Like the Ox in full display. 26 points, 22 rebounds, eight assists. But here's the best number. You ready for this? Those, all three of those numbers, very impressive. The best number for DeMontis Sabonis, one foul. One foul for Sabonis, which he picked up in the third quarter, midway through the third quarter. Sabonis was not only able to dominate on the floor, he was able to stay on the floor. And that's a huge boost for him. And I don't think it's a coincidence that him staying out of foul trouble, getting consistent playing time, is what helped him lead this Kings team and what's helped him give him his most dominant performance of his season to this point. 26 points, 
22 rebounds. I mean, those are monster numbers, and he was a monster tonight. The, the Warriors could do absolutely nothing to stop him. The third quarter, he dominated. He had 12 points and eight rebounds in the third quarter alone. And by the way, in all, all these great numbers that he put up, he played 34 minutes, which is pretty average for him, but 26 points, 22 rebounds, eight assists in 34 minutes. Like, that's just a monster stat line and a half. And really, it was De'Aaron Fox and, and uh, DeMontis Sabonis towards the end of this game that really closed the game out for Sacramento. Your two stars stepping up when it mattered. Oh, but I thought the Sacramento Kings traded away Tyrese Halliburton to the Indiana Pacers for nothing. Well, some people still for some reason believe that, and those people claim to watch basketball. I'm telling you they don't. And I know that was a topic of conversation because Tyrese made a podcast appearance this last week. You could get mad at me for bringing it up again. My point is, this is why the Kings made that move. Because DeMontis Sabonis is a player that can do this for you from time to time. He's a two-time All-Star, but on top of that, he's a complimentary player for De'Aaron Fox. And it's clear that DeMontis Sabonis, even when he's not just complimenting Fox with how much the offense runs through Sabonis, he is instrumental to how good the Sacramento Kings team is. And believe me when I say this is going to be the best Kings team in this entire 16-season playoff drought. This is going to be the best Kings team because this is going to be the Kings team that actually gets this team to the postseason. Yeah, I know that could mean the play-in tournament. And we know that's not good enough, or at least it's not good enough for me. But DeMontis Sabonis, De'Aaron Fox, this Sacramento Kings team, I'm ready to call them good. Again, you might not be yet, I'm ready to call him good, but let me know. Let's talk about that. Are you ready to give him that label or not? What do you need to see in order to give him that label? At MattGeorgeSack on Twitter. Email me, MattGeorgeSports at gmail.com. Leave your thoughts in the YouTube comment section down below. Oh, I still have so much more that I want to talk about, including the dominant second quarter that the Sacramento Kings had in order to come back uh, and win this game. Malik Monk and his excellent play. I think he's a top three playmaker on this Kings team. And we got to talk about Keegan Murray and his performance, too. That's all still to come. I'm very excited to tell you about one of our newer sponsors here of the Locked on Kings podcast. It's something that I use and that I love. It's Masterclass. Now, if you haven't checked out Masterclass, these are some of the biggest experts in their field teaching you how to be like them. I'm a huge poker guy. So to take a Phil Ivey or Daniel Negrano poker masterclass was amazing for me. So much fun. I'm a huge fan of Gordon Ramsay. He has a cooking masterclass available. There are so many different legends and so many different prodigies in their fields that you can learn from right now at Masterclass. That's what makes them such an amazing sponsor here of the Locked on Kings podcast. I highly recommend you check it out. And also a Masterclass subscription or a class is a phenomenal holiday gift. This holiday, you can give one annual membership and get one free. Go to masterclass.com slash locked on today. That's masterclass.com slash locked on today to cash in on that deal. Trust me, if you got me a masterclass annual subscription for my birthday or for, my, or for Christmas, I'd give you the biggest hug on the planet. Do that for your family. Hey, take one masterclass for yourself, learn a new skill or perfect a skill that you already have by learning from the great experts at Masterclass. Now, I know the Kings fell behind in the first quarter by 15 points, but believe it or not, I thought Sacramento for the majority of the first quarter actually did a pretty good job hanging around. Golden State created a lot of their separation late in that first quarter, but early on, I felt the Warriors were playing way better than the Kings, and Sacramento was still hanging around by six, seven, eight points. Well, the Warriors led by 13 at the end of the first quarter. They scored 39 points in their first 12 minutes. That's horrendous. Horrendous defensively for the Kings. Nothing we haven't seen before already this season, right? But also, we've seen the Kings come back against the Warriors by double digits. So, I didn't necessarily think the Kings were out of it by any means. 
That being said, I don't think I expected the Kings to close the gap as quickly as they did with a 38-23 second quarter. That's a dominant second quarter, a great response from Sacramento, and they quickly did it. It didn't take two to two and a half quarters for them to climb out of that hole. But what did they do differently as a team? It started with them getting into the paint. They had 16 points in the paint in the second quarter alone, but that also opened up their paint touches, opened up a lot of opportunity from the perimeter. The Kings got off to an abysmal start shooting. They were in the 30s from three-point and from the field after that first quarter. In the second quarter alone, they shot 56% from the field, shot 44%, four of nine from three-point range. And while the percentage isn't great in the mid-70s, they got to the foul line 11 times. They made eight of them. So Sacramento flipped the script offensively from what they were uh, facing from the Warriors. That They incorporated that, got into the paint. A lot of it was DeMontis Sabonis and the Kings paint touches on the inside out. But really, so much credit goes to Malik Monk, and we'll get to him in just a second. The Kings also did a good job defensively turning Warriors turnovers, eight of them, into points. The Kings forcing the Warriors into some tough decisions, turning the ball over, getting out in transition, which we know is the Kings' game. The Warriors struggled offensively. Sacramento took advantage of that to create that separation. But so much of the praise for that second quarter, like I said, belongs to Malik Monk. I've called him that energizer bunny off the bench before, and yes, he did play in the first quarter. But the second quarter, he really stepped up for Sacramento. He said, okay, we need some momentum. I'm going to be that guy to create energy for us. We got off to a bit of a sluggish start. We're down bad, down big to the Warriors here early on. This is our building. Even if there are a ton of fans here, I'm going to build this energy up. I'm going to feel, feed off this energy. I thought Malik Monk, that's where he steps up and that's where he shows his leadership. That leading by example with also the energy that he brings. Malik was huge in the third quarter. In fact, all of his points, or rather, I'm sorry, second quarter, all of his points were in the second quarter. All 12 of his points in that quarter. He went, uh, let's see, he had two assists also in that quarter alone off the bench, but his total stat line finished with four assists on the night. Malik Monk was phenomenal for Sacramento, and I honestly believe that Malik Monk is a top three playmaker on this Kings team. I think sometimes you can actually make the argument for top two. Like, DeMontis Sabonis, I would say, is number one. The ball runs through him first and foremost. Of course, De'Aaron is a major playmaker just because of his reputation and how good he is about getting into the paint. But Malik Monk consistently, night in and night out, is creating opportunities for others. He was the point guard in so many ways, no disrespect to Davion Mitchell, and even when De'Aaron was in the game with him, he was the point guard and the floor general in so many ways when DeMontis Sabonis wasn't in the game and Malik Monk was on the floor. He was huge. He creates opportunities. He does a phenomenal job attacking the basket and finding the open men based off of the reactions of the defense to him attacking. He fits so well with that paint touches system that Mike Brown has. I give Malik Monk all the credit in the world. I think he's a phenomenal distributor. I think he's a phenomenal player overall. I think he's a perfect player for Sacramento's second unit. I continue to be impressed and pleased even if it results in just a 12-point game. Like, Malik's capable of more than 12 points, right? And even though he only scored in one quarter, didn't score at all in the second half, that doesn't erase how important he was to this Kings victory. Even when he was not scoring, he was still a force to be reckoned with. He was still involved in the game. Now, he got out of control a couple times, not going to lie to you. He had a moment where, in transition, he was skipping like he was a globetrotter, pretending he was De'Aaron Fox trying to get to the rim and make a play and ended up turning the ball over and throwing it away. But overall, I mean, I can forgive mistakes like that when Malik is being the energizer bunny that he is for Sacramento's second unit and when he is directly impacting a Kings comeback quickly like he was able to do tonight. 
Like I mentioned, today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is the number one place for you to do all of your sports gambling with football season happening right now, all the NFL and college football action for you. Of course, NBA season, there's no better place to bet on individual games nightly, to put together some awesome parlays, to have fun, specific season-long bets. Like with the Kings being 6-6, six and six, I still think they're going to smash that, what was it, 34 and a half games or 33 and a half games or whatever it was, uh, prediction of the Kings uh, and their win total. Man, I think they're going to smash that. And hopefully you put money on that early on because the odds are going to get worse and worse as the Kings get better and better and continue to win more games. But take advantage of that. You can still bet on Keegan Murray's Rookie of the Year odds. And we're going to talk about Keegan and his great play uh, that he had in tonight's game, great multiple plays that he had in tonight's game. BetOnline.net is going to be your number one source for all your sports betting. And it's not just the major sports either. They have golf, MMA, boxing, so much great stuff for you. It's also a great place for you to find sports podcast content, including Locked on Kings, believe it or not. Go and check out betonline.net, where the game starts. Finally, before we go, Keegan Murray, man. He's been dealing with a lot of stuff off the court. Very uh, significant illness. I don't know the specifics, but a very significant illness uh, with his grandmother that he's had to deal with that at the very, very beginning of his NBA career. So I'm not saying that that's the reason why he's been struggling as of late, but he's had a nice couple of bounce back performances now, and he was instrumental to the Sacramento Kings win tonight. Went five of nine from three point range, also had three steals to go along uh, with 21 points. Keegan Murray was excellent. I mean, he hit some big shots. He had one play where he came full speed off of a curl, catch and shoot, straightaway three from well beyond the three-point line, and it was cash. It's great to see him able to hit shots like that off of the curl, and if he can get that more consistently and the Kings continue to draw that shot up for him, man, he is going to be way, way better as a three-point threat than even I thought. But I love what he's doing. He did an interview after the game on the floor. I was talking with Matt Barnes uh, on, on the post-game show, and he told Matt that, I guess his grandma uh, opened her eyes. Um, I don't know if she was in a coma or anything specific, but she opened her eyes for the first time a, a day or two ago, and she was able to actually watch tonight's performance. So in so many ways, tonight's performance was uh, a, uh, a performance for her. thought that was really, really cool. But Keegan Murray is so incredibly uh, easy to root for and, of course, was instrumental in tonight's win. Also had some really good defensive possessions, I thought, at times uh, against multiple different Warriors players. Really took on a lot of the load of guarding Andrew Wiggins, who got off to a really strong start for Golden State uh, and held his own there. He's just such a versatile player offensively and uh, defensively. The Kings debuted their City Edition All-Grey Unis tonight. And now I, 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 I've seen pictures of these, and the last Kings home game we saw an announcement, even though it had already been leaked weeks ago, we saw the announcement of those City Edition Unis, and I'll be honest with you, I thought they looked like sweats. Like I wasn't, I wasn't too impressed by them. Seeing them in person, seeing them up close and personal, watching the Kings play a game in them, all right, I like them. I like them a lot. And I like the fact that it has Sacramento fully across the chest. Big fan of those. I think they're going to sell out really, really quickly at the Kings team store and online. So if you want to get one, get one quickly. But the gray, all right, I'll admit it, the gray was clean. I'm a fan of this year's City Edition jerseys. I'm also a fan of the Kings being 6-6, and and I'm a fan of their chances to get above 500 in these coming up games. They have two more games at home here during this homestand. I think it's just two more. They have on Tuesday, the Brooklyn Nets, who've been struggling, the Brooklyn Nets with Kevin Durant. And then they have the San Antonio Spurs, who is a team they, dare I say, should beat, 
should be better than. We know the situation with the Spurs. They're off to a good start this season, kind of coming back down to earth a little bit on your home floor. I would expect the Kings to, at the very least, split these two games. So no matter what, by the end of Thursday, I think the Kings should still be at least a 500 team, but we'll have to wait uh, and see for that. But two, I think, very winnable games here in this building. Defending your home floor is going to be incredibly important, like we talked about, for the success of the Sacramento Kings going forward. Love where this team is at right now. They're playing so well. They've won six of their last eight games, if I'm not mistaken. Completely have erased that 0-4 start, gotten that monkey off their back uh, in so many ways, and I'm just excited to see where this team is going to go from here. There are going to be more highs, there's certainly going to be more lows. There's going to be frustration, and there's going to be elation. And I hope you will choose to share it with me right here on the Lockdown Kings podcast like you always do. Thank you so much for your support. Can't wait to have you join me on the next episode. Until then, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to Locked On Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.